Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. To subscribe to the podcast, visit streetlevelradio.com and click on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Street Level Radio. Clearly, people should be able to see a difference between Christians and non-Christians because of the way Christians live. Paul the Apostle tells the Ephesians in chapter 4 to leave behind the old life of sin now that they're followers of Christ. The Christian life indeed is a process. Although we have a new nature, we don't automatically have good thoughts or good attitudes when it comes to becoming the new people in Christ. But if we keep listening to God, we will be changing all of the time. As you look over the last year, do you see a process of change for the better in your thoughts, in your attitudes, and in your actions? Although change may be slow, it does come about if you trust God to change you. We're in Ephesians chapter 4 today. We're going to begin in verse 17, where Paul the Apostle writes, Let me say this, then, speaking for the Lord, Live no longer as the unsaved do, for they are blinded and confused. Their closed hearts are full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they have their mouths shut, their minds against him, and they cannot understand his ways. Now, in the King James Version and some of other versions, Paul begins this passage with the word, therefore. He says, this I say, therefore. Now, he's already begun parts of this letter in that fashion. So again, he's saying that. He's saying, in light of what we've already covered, in light of what I've already said, we need to respond by the following action. And from that point, he continues, having already called upon us to walk in unity with others, to now call us to not walk in vanity, it says in the King James. That means emptiness. It means to stop walking in futility, to stop walking in the emptiness of your minds. We're essentially being called uh, herein, as well as many other passages in Scripture, to stop living like the rest of the world. It's just that simple. There are simply no philosophical twists or high esoterical box to wrap this thing up in. It is just simply, stop it. And therefore, out go the shrinks, the psychotherapies, the excuses, and the blame shifting. Paul quite unceremoniously puts it all back squarely where it belongs, and that is on our laps. He has already called us to grow up and to be men and women and to not be children. And now he's telling us that in that state, we need to take ownership of our sin and our shortcomings. Now, the answer doesn't lie in our strength or even at first, our hearts. It lies in our heads. We have to move away from justifying our sin and shortcomings and acknowledge the issues. We have to, well, put it out on the table. Because I have to change my mind before God will change my heart. We can't miss out what seems to be a tremendous burden upon Paul's heart here. He wants to deeply stress upon those to whom he writes the absolute necessity of a revolutionary change in their whole manner of living. God actually expects our daily conduct, our practical living, 
to reflect the internal salvation transformation that we've received from Christ. And many of us, well, our faith is simply a lofty goal. It's just an idealistic aspiration. And we therefore fail to hold it out as a real and radical transformation of not only our hearts, but our very living. Many of us feign cultural engagement. And in fact, quite honestly, are just simply friends of the world. And you know what? The people around you can tell the difference. How many of us are not radically affecting the world around us, but rather it is affecting us? Our friendship with the world has watered down our commitment, our focus, and our resolve, not to mention simply watering down our holy living. What does the scripture tell us about how we are to deal with this issue? Well, 2 Corinthians 6, 14-17 says, Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship do righteousness and iniquity have? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? What agreement does Christ have with Belial? What portion does a believer have with an unbeliever? What agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Even as God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from amongst them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And then there's Amos 3, verse 3. Do two walk together unless they have agreed? And we know this morning that the answer of that is no. That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit believerstogether.com.